And uh, let's lift our Bibles up, wave them around, make Jesus glad and the devil mad. Let's say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm hungry for more of the Word. It's by hearing and hearing that Word that my faith is built, that my spirit is developed, and I am an overcomer through faith in this Word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to... bring you a message tonight um, out of Hebrews chapter 12. So let's turn there and read uh, verses 1 through 3. And of course, I just prefer the King James, but you can read it out of whatever uh, you prefer. But I'm going to read it out of the King James tonight. Verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience or with patient endurance. I like that translation. Let's run with patient endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And so the title of the message tonight is Keep Looking Up. Keep Looking Up. You know, we have to keep looking up. I mean, you know, we can look down, we can... We can look all around. <laughs> we can get distracted. There's such uh, uh, evil. You know, the, what's going on in the world? I mean, they're calling evil good and good evil. <laughs> and uh, it, uh, it can be quite distracting. But, uh, you know, anyone can faint. Anyone can allow the contrary tides of this world. That's what I like to call them, a tide. Have you ever been wo- waded out in the... Uh, Gulf of Mexico, you know, we're close to the Gulf here, so we have more contact that, with that body of water. And uh, sometimes when there's tides, I mean, they can be pretty contrary. They can, you know, those rip tides can take you off your feet and get you out in trouble if you're not careful. And so this tide of evil is in the world and it can distract you. You know, the enemy wants to dull our perception and so that we, it'll be easy for him to uh, cause us to believe the lies that he's putting out. Um, I was listening to a, just a sports show the other day. And uh, just, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just sports, okay? You're not, you're not, you know, theologians. You're not politicians. You're just talking about, right now, you're probably talking about the Texans, you know, and might, might be talking about a bowl game. The college bowls are being played, started being played. And they got into this idea that, you know, it was better for people to curse and swear. Uh, you know, we've got too many things to be offended about. They were no longer offended about hearing filthy language. I just thought, you people are nuts. Why are you saying that's totally wrong, completely opposite of the truth? <laughs> I wanted to scream at my radio. I know I'm the only one that does that. But uh, no, we've got, listen, we've got to continually uh, consider Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Consider, look unto him and consider him that endured these sinners, the contradiction of sinners. You know, they were against him. 
And the religious crowd were against him. People were against him. He had betrayal even in his own camp. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, if you, if you don't consider Jesus, it's easy then to get weary and faint in your mind. You know, this is where people faint. They faint in their mind first. They faint in their thought life. So we have to continually consider Jesus. Uh, literally to factor Jesus into the equation. <laughs> I like to put it that way. Now let's factor Jesus into our plans. Let's factor Jesus into our solutions. Let's factor in who is Jesus. He's the Word. The Word of God. And so look to Him in His finished work of redemption. Keep looking up the Word and looking down on the devil. I mean, he's way down there. We're, we're set in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. Every name, it's name. So keep looking up. And so here Paul is talking about running a race. And he uses often in his writings uh, illustrations of the games. The Greeks are the ones that brought the games. Our modern Olympics draw their, their inspiration from the games that they had. And he's talking about a race, a running a race to win. And he used it as an illustration. He said, let us run. See, in other words, it's up to us to run. You know, you got to run, run the race. It's, 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 you're either going to sit down and not run it or you're going to run it. Or you're not going to run it well. It's all up to you. The race is there for you to run. And uh, so he said, let us run. Let us run. And lay aside every weight, every hindrance and the sin. See, it was up to us to lay it aside. And when we do, and let's run with patient endurance that race. Because, you know, it's not, it's, not a, it's not in competition with anyone else. It's really basically our race, our only race. It's our, it's, we're competing against ourselves, if you will. And, uh, and so this illustration that Paul uses, I like to use football because I'm, you know, I'm not, I can't really relate that much to the Olympics, but I can to football. It's my favorite sport. I love to watch football. I like all kind of football. <laughs> and, uh, and so I like, to, I like to watch good football games. I saw one the, a part of one the other day where the team came from behind and won in the last second. You know, those are exciting. Uh, but I was reminded of an Aggie football. I've been watching Aggie football for many, many years. And a few years ago, they were playing Alabama in, uh, in Alabama. And uh, I don't know, it just seemed like from the very beginning of the game, Alabama was fired up. I mean, they were ready to play. And, and, and I don't know, A&M looked kind of dull and listless. And uh, they got out there and got behind seven to nothing. They got behind 10 to nothing. And I noticed that they were walking around, you know, with their hand, on defense, they're walking around with their heads down like this and their hands on their hips. And, and Alabama would come out and they, they scored every time they had the ball in the first half. But it started with just a 10 to nothing score. 10 to nothing is still anybody's ball game. And it looked to me like A&M had already given up. And so, yeah, they were behind, you know, big at the half. And it was so big at the half, I've forgotten how, 27 to nothing at the half. So Alabama gave, put their backups in in the second, <laughs> second half, and A&M lost that game 59 to nothing. They never scored. <laughs> and they had a pretty good team that year. I mean, that was just the worst loss in history. 
but you could see what was going on. They had their heads down and their hands on their hips. <laughs> and they let the other team know that they were defeated. They fainted in their minds. They fainted in their bodies. They fainted in every way, <laughs> you know. Listen, we, don't, we can't afford to let the devil know that we're worried about anything. We should never be worried because we've always got the game changer living on the inside of us. We've got the Word of God available to us. It's th this, this Word right here is written for you. It's got the answer to every conundrum, every trouble, every circumstance that you face. He's got the answer for you, and then he shows you how to access it by the Holy Ghost on the inside. Keep looking up. Let's look down on the devil. And uh, we can't let, uh, let the devil uh, think that we're wearied and fainting. You know, we might be tempted in that area, but we don't have to do it. We don't have to go that far. So just two simple things. You know, keep looking up the Word. You know, look up, find out what the Bible has to say. Look it up in the Word if necessary. Find out what the Bible says. Consult the Word. Consider the Word. See, consider Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's the Word, made flesh, dwelt among us. You know, he's one of us. You know, that, he's got that been, I've been kind of hitting on this, uh, this, uh, uh, bunch of advertisements on television. He gets us. He gets us. And, and some of them are clever and some of them I just make me kind of wonder. I really, I really don't have a witness to get, a lot, get, to get in with it. He gets us because he is us. You know, we're him. We are one with Jesus. He is a human being. There's one mediator between, the, between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. He's a man. <laughs> yeah, he gets us. He's one of us. <laughs> but they don't say it. I don't think they know it. But anyway, well, I, I don't know if they know it or not. But, uh, you know, I, I'm a stickler. I, listen, I, I want to stick with this word right here. Amen. Consult the Bible. Consider Jesus instead of your circumstances, instead of your feelings. You know, God's thoughts are higher than ours. That's true. But they're accessible right here. They have, we have access to these higher thoughts. You know, one, uh, you know, a little statement that uh, Smith Wigglesworth used to make. He said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by, the, by what I believe, and I believe God's Word. I had, I've had to tell, tell myself that. I've had to calm my emotions down with that because the devil's over here doing a, a you know, lighting a fire, trying to get our attention, trying to create a diversion. You know, that's, that's a military tactic. Uh, a military tactic is to create a diversion to divert the attention of the enemy while you attack from a different direction. And he is a master at creating diversionary tactics. He'll light a fire over here, and while you're all busy with that, he's coming in another place. No, let's, 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 only, let's only consult and consider the Word of God. You know, again, we faint first in our minds. We faint first in our thinking. And so we have to pay attention to how we're thinking, what we're thinking, what we're meditating on. We absolutely cannot afford, uh, you know, pity parties. Amen. You just can't, can't afford it. It's too destructive to your interests. Amen. All right. So keep looking up. Keep looking up the word. Keep looking up the spirit. See, he lives on the inside of you. 
You know, you know his address. See, <laughs> you're his address in the spirit, right in here. He lives right here. He does, you don't have to go anyplace. You don't have to go way up there. He's right here. The Holy Ghost lives inside of us. And, uh, and so Ephesians 5.18 says, you know, me not uh, drunk with wine where is an excess, but be being filled, be filled, be being filled, be continually and habitually filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking to yourselves. You know, sometimes we have to speak to ourselves and stir up the gift that's in us. You know, pray, pray in tongues, but also take the word and start confessing it over yourself and claiming it for yourself. You know, don't, don't uh, let your negative emotions run away with you. I was, <laughs> I was watching In Harm's Way. It's a John Wayne war movie about World War II, and they were attacking the Philippines. He was part of a big Navy uh, convoy. He was an admiral in that movie. And, uh, and so he had a son that was also uh, assigned to the PT boats. And, this, you know, it's a movie, so it's got all these side issues. You know, you've got the war, and you've got all these different things going on. And uh, his son had fallen in love with a young nurse, and the young nurse died. Long story, I won't go into all that, but she died. And uh, so his father, who's the big admiral, John Wayne, is the son is played by Brandon DeWilda. And uh, he played in Shane back way back when, you know. Uh, and so anyway, uh, he's a young ensign uh, serving on a, on a PT boat. So here comes John Wayne in the Jeep. He has a driver drive all the way out to the Navy Yard to go tell his son the news personally. He didn't want to send it through channels. He wanted to tell him personally. And he comes up to his son, and his son introduces him to his commanding officer, lieutenant so-and-so, and well, what do, to what do we have this honor? Well, I just, if you don't mind, I'd like to visit with my son. Oh, go right ahead. And he leaves. And so it's just him. And they're awkward. They don't, they don't hug, you know. They just shake hands, you know. It's just kind of weird. <laughs> Must be a military thing. <laughs> but anyway, he said, uh, son, I got something to tell you. You're going to have to get a hold of yourself. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, you're going to have to get a hold of yourself. And so, you know, he's kind of afraid. He said, what in the world does that mean? That little girl is dead. You know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't soften the blow. He, she's dead. You know? He didn't say she passed away. She's no longer here. She left. She, she's dead. But uh, I got, you know, you've got to have to get a hold of yourself. We have to get a hold of ourselves emotionally. And not let ourselves get taken away and carried away with whatever passion we have. Sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's just disgust. No matter what we're seeing and hearing, we've got to get a hold of ourselves. Amen. And we absolutely can't indulge, as I said before, in pity parties. You know, what we just need to do is take a big, long drink of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm telling you. And then laugh at the devil. <laughs> I'm reminded of a, of a testimony Brother Copeland tells. He was going through some, some challenges, and uh, everybody goes through them. And uh, he had a dream one night, and in the dream, he found himself in some smoky uh, region. It was, you know, he didn't use the word spooky, but I, I heard him, you know, explaining it. And it sounded like a spooky place, you know, it was dark and smoky and 
you know, and it was unfamiliar. And here were these beings, this one being got up and was walking toward him, threatening him. And uh, you just had to assume it was a demon. And so he's standing there and he's, a, he's shaking. He's, he's, he's got fear uh, coming upon him. He hadn't said a word. He hadn't done anything. He's just standing there. And suddenly between him and the demon, Jesus appeared. But Jesus wasn't facing Brother Copeland. Jesus was facing the demon. And his back was toward Brother Copeland. And, uh, and it shocked Brother Copeland in the dream. In the dream, he was shocked that Jesus would show up in a place like that. And Jesus started walking backwards, one step at a time, backward, backward, never taking his eyes off that demon. Finally, he took one step and he stepped into Brother Copeland. And his legs went into Brother Copeland's legs. His arms went into Brother uh, Copeland's arms. And he was looking out uh, Jesus' eyes at this demon. And suddenly he said his arms went up like that. And he pointed to the demon. He said, bow. <laughs> and that demon bowed and he woke up. See, he got the, he got the, the news, you know, he got the news. Everything bows to the name of Jesus, and you've got that. You've got the right to use the name of Jesus. See, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost keeping you strong and keeping you uh, where you're not a victim and you're not victim-minded, keeping your thought life cleansed. Hallelujah. So uh, let's keep it looking up the Word and keep looking up the Spirit and looking down, way down on the devil because he is defeated. It works every time. Amen. Keep looking up. Amen. Lift your hands and receive the word tonight. Father, we thank you for the word and the spirit. What a treasure they are to us. Thank you that you have taught us these principles and we're, we're embracing them. We're using them. We're doing them day by day. And we're receiving the victory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.